The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Listen, you guys have heard me talk about two crowdfunding initiatives, fundraising initiatives that we have put in place. One of them, as you know, is our Positive Media Mojo. But the other one, it's something that's near and dear to my heart. What if we can take the fastest growing epidemic we have in this country and maybe in the world, Lyme disease, chronic Lyme disease, and create an incredible new innovative way to educate people through a fabulous game? Oh, wait, we don't have the funds for that. Oh, that's why Roya Wind is joining me here today. Communication managers are social good at Facebook. And we're going to be talking about fundraising, fundraising, what does it mean? Roya, thank you for joining me here today. I don't think I'm any different than anybody else that has an idea and doesn't have the funds and doesn't know what to do to get it. Are we any different? (laughs) No, and I think that that's exactly how a lot of people feel. And what we try to do on the Facebook side is make sure that we're creating tools that make it easy for you or me or anyone to raise money and critical dollars for the causes they believe in and care about, um, whether it's on a nonprofit side, which we have a great example for that I'm happy to chat about that we've seen this week, and also on the personal fundraiser side. So we have a range of categories where people can fundraise, whether it's for a needed medical surgery or there's been a home that's um, caught on fire, they need help rebuilding. So we've seen a lot of incredible stories of people turning to Facebook and their network and family and friends and beyond to really raise funds in these moments of need and and actually also just to help support causes they care about. Well, let's talk about, for me now, um, you know, I'm somebody that is a very young age where I was taken from my parents. So I can't even begin to tell you uh, as a psychologist all the triggers right now of what's going on. But let's talk about what this amazing couple has done to raise millions of dollars and how they went about it. Because now we're stepping into the world of possibilities to do good in the world, right? Yes, you got it. And actually, so Dave and Charlotte Wilner are parents and they have a two-year-old daughter. And when they saw the photo of the young two-year-old Honduran child crying and clearly dealing with a lot of trauma in that situation, they were heartbroken, like I think many people were, and wanted to do something. They wanted to turn that emotion into action. And so they started a fundraiser on Facebook last Saturday morning with the goal of raising $1,500. Mm-hmm. And the beneficiary of those dollars is an organization called RAICES, which is a legal, organ- legal advocacy organization that works with these sorts of situations. And very quickly, they raised that money, almost within the day, if, if not within the hour, and kept raising their goal even higher and having it shared across multiple networks. And through the weekend and into Monday, they raised over a million dollars. And by Monday afternoon into Tuesday, they quickly became our largest single fundraiser to date. And as of this morning, I can share, they've raised over $20 million mm-hmm. for races from over 500,000 people from over 30 countries around the world. The message has really resonated. 
And this is just two people who wanted to make a difference. And I think it shows us that anyone can be a change maker. You know, I want to ask you this question because, you know, we have always been uh, supporters of Facebook and the unlimited potentiality to do good in the world. You know, for us, we have an entire network that's about creating a better world. And so now we're watching and seeing how we can use these amazing tools that you all have put together that's out there to help other people. That's really the game changer, isn't it? That's really the game changer we need to be talking about. You got it. And that's actually the reason I joined this team. The team that I'm on is the social good team. And it's to do everything you just outlined there. It's to make sure that technology and our tools are there to help the community, whether it's in times of crisis through things like crisis response, mm -hmm. or in this situation through Facebook fundraisers, where it could be like Dave and Charlotte's case, where they just start a fundraiser in a moment. It could also be that it's your birthday and you want to dedicate it to a nonprofit you care about. Facebook and birthdays go pretty close together, right? People come to your page, they will send you well wishes, but imagine if they also were able to donate 5 or 10 or $20 to a cause you care about. Multiply that by your network of friends, and that's incredible impact, whether it's for your local ASPCA or St. Jude or any other organization that you really love. You know, I want to ask you a little bit about you, if I could, Roya, for a minute. You know, the reason is that I, I spend my life speaking with people from all over the world that somehow have been touched with a passion and a purpose, and then they show up and here we are. I want to ask you, I mean, I barely touched your profile, all the amazing things you've done you know, what you're passionate about. And clearly, this is something you're completely committed to. What is it that gets you up every day as an absolutely 100% committed to fundraisers? Thank you so much for that, Pat. And for me, I'm the child of immigrants. And my parents have both been in this country for over 40 years. And I've seen their commitment and the, the power they've always instilled in me in philanthropy and community and family. So that's been a huge driver my entire life. And I feel really lucky to be able to work at this nexus of technology and philanthropy here at Facebook. And previous to that, I was at Google.org working on our social impact there. And it's just really remarkable. We see technology used in all these incredibly innovative ways. And what gets me up every day is to think about how we can use it as a force for good to help people really, whether it's supporting the causes they care about, raising awareness about those causes, helping really rally their friends and family to do something that actually is positive for the world. And that's a huge driver for me. And I think that inspiration comes from, from family as well. Mm. I want to ask you this question because, um, you know, we have been working on uh, two projects I briefly mentioned, and I don't want to spend time going into them right now. But I will tell you that in the face of our passion and the purpose, especially around creating innovation around disease, people come up to us and they say, oh, man, it's so hard to raise money. Don't even go down that. Go find investors. And honestly, we are like, no, we know people are good. We know, but we don't know what we don't know about how to even do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that's where that's, I'm so glad we're having this conversation. So um, if the organizations that you're talking about are a 501c3, for example, mm -hmm. you can absolutely get a fundraiser started on Facebook fundraisers. And through that, you can, the, the word of mouth that gets spread, every time someone makes a donation, they can also share it with their friends. They can invite 
their friends. And I think just hearing the passion in your own voice about this, when you share a passionate plea with your community and ask them to share it, whether that's sharing it across your multiple social networks or then taking the link from your Facebook invite and sharing it on email and meeting people where they are and actually really tangibly explaining where these dollars are going to go. I think in the case of Dave and Charlotte's fundraiser, for example, they made it very clear. Our goal is to raise initially $1,500 because that's what it takes to make bond. That's the minimum it takes. Right. That feels really tangible for people. And if someone can spare 5 or $10, and I have to note, the average donation in their case was $50. Right. Which maybe to one person, it's like, well, what is my $50 going to do? But when you multiply that by now over 500,000 people, that's where we see these incredible amounts. And, you know, I call those other fundraisers small but mighty, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you can imagine when you have tens of thousands, actually today we're releasing a number that there's been over 60,000 Facebook fundraisers and donate button posts that have been created for immigration advocacy in less than two weeks since this news cycle. And that has amounted to more than $25 million that's been raised. Granted, about $20 million-ish more than that is to the Raises fundraiser, but that also includes dollars going to the ACLU, to the Texas Civil Liberties Project, to the Florence Project, and others to really focus on what they're doing. Well, you know, what I love about this story is I love about the fact that, you know, these folks had a vision, a purpose. They connected the dots quite easily. And what I love about this and what you're talking about, there are many people out there in the world that want to do good things, but they don't want to start their own project. They don't want to start their own not-for-profit. They don't want to do that, but they want to vicariously support good things in the world. And you've really opened up the door for that to be so easily done for people. What it, What is the vision here for Facebook fundraiser? Where, where, where do you see this now continuing to go? I think you absolutely nailed it in terms of, of the mission there. And I think really it's democratizing giving in a way that makes it very easy and actually making philanthropy even more social. So for me, I just ran a birthday fundraiser, for example, and I was able to raise $1,100 for an organization I care about. Yeah. And a lot of my friends who obviously know I work on this team were like, you know, that was really easy. You made it really easy for me to, to support this cause. And I think whether it's through a donate button, if you post something, a lot of people say, well, people are sharing things on social media just to complain. Well, if you're posting about, say, this issue you can actually add a donate button or any issue. You can add a donate button directly into your post. So that turns your your moment of an impassioned stance on something actually into action. And so I think seeing how giving can be made more social and being made even easier, I think for a lot of people too, they don't know where to start. They don't know what nonprofit to choose. And if you have the set of vetted organizations or you have friends and family who you trust, who have said, hey, I back X, Y, or Z organization, join me. I think it actually adds a layer of trust for people to know, hey, I want to, you know, I want to support that cause as well, or I'm at least intrigued to learn more. Yeah, I want to ask you this question. Uh, one of the myths, there are, there are like these three myths, these untruths that we have about fundraising. One is you have to be a celebrity to do it. So, like, let's throw that out the door because that's actually not what happened exactly. here, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, like, next. Okay, that's number one. Number two is, oh, my gosh, if you don't have, like, a gazillion people following your likes, forget it. That's Let's throw that out the door. 
Um, and when you start to like peel this onion back, and then you look at Facebook fundraisers, what you find is that you all have created a portal for anyone, not necessarily a celebrity, not necessarily somebody that's just got a million, gazillion, whatever, followers, likes, all of the above groups. But this is really the prototype for people with a passion and a purpose to do good in the world. What would be your top three things that folk should know today? I love that outline, and I think that's spot on. I think for people, it's knowing that the organizations that they can support on Facebook are secure and have been vetted. Mm. There's over 750,000 nonprofits that are able to fundraise on Facebook. If it's an, if you are involved in a nonprofit that you want to be able to fundraise on Facebook, actually visit nonprofits.fb.com. You can actually sign up to be onboarded onto the tools. And I highly recommend that because then you can actually unlock this whole new set of supporters and donors that you may not have had access to before. So first and foremost, it's making sure people know that it's secure and that orgs are vetted. I think second, it's knowing that this could unlock a whole new set of possibilities and support and make both you and the community feel really great about the support that you're giving, which will have a really great impact on the nonprofit. And then third, I think it would be no amount is too small um, to start. And I, you know, one thing we've seen actually since this big fundraiser, a family in Atlanta actually started what they called a virtual lemonade stand, yeah. also supporting the Raices organization. And they've raised over $13,000. That's instilling the love of philanthropy and giving in their children and really also helping people, again, turn that moment of emotion or concern or frustration with the news into something actionable that can make them feel like they're truly making an impact. Wow. Thank you so much for today. I know you're very, very busy hopping off doing a number of these, and I just have one last question for you, if you don't mind. What's your personal... Oh my God, so much. I could spend an hour with you. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? And please tell us how folks can really find out more. I love that. So my personal motto is to be contagious. Yeah. And I think that when you're positively contagious, really good things can come from that. And that's my own personal mem- um, personal kind of motto for life. And I think on the side of learning more, you can actually check out facebook.com slash fundraisers. Or if you're on your mobile phone, on your app, there's a bookmark on the left side that's actually just called Fundraisers. Tap into there, and you can actually see the flow of starting a nonprofit fundraiser or a personal fundraiser. And actually, you can even browse the fundraisers that are out there right now just to get a sense of inspiration of what folks are doing and who they're supporting. I love it. Thank you so very much, Roya. Thank you much. We're going to take a short break. Everybody will be right back. Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on the Tracy L Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. At 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at tracylclark.com. Stay juicy. Tune in to Your Juicy Love with me, Una Drake, co-hosting monthly with Dr. Pat and every second Monday at 12 p.m. on Transformation Talk Radio. My show, Your Juicy Love, helps you find the dynamic, life-affirming love you've always wanted. 
Transform your relationships and bring peace, joy, and juicy, juicy love to planet Earth. For more information, visit unadrake.com. Darcy Pariso is your connection to spirit, energy, and healing. You can meet Darcy in person at upcoming events throughout Seattle. Do you have questions about your animal companions, yourself, or do you desire to communicate with loved ones on the other side? Darcy will connect you and get answers. Darcy can also work with energy healing to help you and your animal companions feel more balanced and recharged. Visit DarcyPariso.com events. This is Debbie Pokornik with a break-free parenting tip. Parenting will always be a bit of a mystery. Who knows why some parenting ideas work and others do not? Or why some kids seem to succeed despite family setbacks, while others have so much given to them and yet fail to thrive? The one thing we do know is that once you have a child, you'll never be quite the same again. Awe-inspiring emotions like overwhelming love, extreme guilt, intense frustration, and incredible joy make this job second to none. Breaking free of parenting pressures means recognizing the pieces that make us unique, the pieces that we carry with us from the past, and the pieces that are influenced by the society we live in. When we can pick and choose which pieces we want to keep around and change the others to align with our inner wisdom, we will feel more self-assured in our role as a parent. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. Dream on, fly high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, visit flyhighliving.com. Hey, everybody. I got to tell you, Ramon Ray is joining us here today. Listen, small business expert featured on MSNBC, CNBC, Fox Business, and like a whole bunch of other networks and programs. Why? Because he's speaking to us. How to supercharge your business this summer. So guess what? We are going to tackle what it is we tell ourselves that's totally not true what it is we can do to stay fired up, those of us that are in the small business industry, what to look for, how to get it done, all of the above. Oh, Ramon, it's so good to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Dr. Pat, thank you so much. I am so excited to rock and roll with you, and thanks for having me on your show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I got to tell you, I know this is probably not on your list, but I just want to say it. One of the things that I've learned as a, a network owner and entering into the summers is if there's one thing I've learned to get rid of, and that is telling myself that the summer is a slow time. I said that the minute we bring that crazy into our lives, we shut off how to be creative, right? You are so right. I mean, what we're talking about is right, head trash. So you're yeah. right. I mean, getting rid of the head trash and being more positive. And listen, summer is slow to some, but it sure doesn't have to be slow for me and Dr. Pat. So or that's right. people listening to us. So that's absolutely for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about, look, you have been putting together a wealth of information on how to supercharge our small business. And not just during the summer, but anytime. I want to ask you this. What have you found is one of the most important things for people to know, and yet the majority of the people don't even have a clue about? 
I think the most important thing, there are so many things, but the most important, I would say, is the customer experience. Mm. Because I think that customers will buy from you once, Dr. Pat, but man, will they come back again if they've had a terrible experience? And I would dare say, probably not. So if I had to pick one thing out of several tips I could give, I'd say that customer experience, customer experience, customer experience for sure. Oh boy, I'm so glad you said that. Um, You know, the thing that I love in talking with you about is why it is that this is the summer months, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Not to mention, today is full moon in Capricorn, so I'm just saying that. (laughs) But when we take a look, isn't this an important time to really reflect and get geared up? Not slow down, get geared up. No, it is important. I think, listen, a few things that I would say as we're talking about this get geared uh-huh. up. I mean, listen, Dr. Pat, finances are important. It's been a weak yeah. area of mine. Uh, I, I love marketing, but I'm trying to get my finances in order. Uh, yeah. Two, what about the employees you have around you? Are you making sure that you're training your employees and they're ready? Uh, we talked, Dr. Pat, about the customer experience. I'm a firm believer. I don't know if you've had this happen. You go into a store, and a lot of people don't use cash anymore. You go to a store, they're not accepting credit cards, or they're not accepting an American Express card. Yeah. That's a problem. A lot of yeah. us say, hey, listen, American Express is hard to use. The fees are low. That's a misconception. A lot of things have been better about American Express. So talking about credit cards, from the customer experience to training your own employees. There's a number of things that small business owners can do to get in shape. And as you said, to recharge your business. And I love how you say it, Dr. Pat. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I get extraordinary support from my American Express agent. I, absolutely. So thank you for saying that because we got to throw that one out the window for the moment. Um, the other thing I want to talk with you about is let's talk about how to be innovative during the summer with our customers. And what I mean by that is you know, we're only limited, really, in business by our imagination. And so what are we going to do here to use it? Yeah, I mean, listen, I like you said, and I think that's one of the things that stop businesses, as you said, is their imagination. So let's dream. One, you have customers who come to you already. What are some of the fun things you can do? It's summertime. So think fun, think freedom, think beach and water. What are the fun things you can do to bring summer to each customer? Another thing to think of is your employees. We've talked about this, but I would say, Dr. Pat, if you energize your employees, if your employees feel they're a part of your business, if your employees feel vested in your business, they're going to want to take care of your customers. So I think sometimes we forget to bring fun, bring excitement, as we're doing right now on your show, to your business because that will infect, in a good way, that will infect your customers and your employees and rising tides lift all boats and you'll be, have a more profitable summer. You know what? I have gotten the best ideas from our clients, and I want to ask you about this. About two years ago, we sent an email out, and we said, what do you guys want in broadcast, podcasting? What do you want? Because we're really different. We're not a major broadcasting network, and we attract millions of women all over the world. And so they sent us pages, pages of information. And now, fast forward to where we are. We have redone all of our technology and are about to unleash something that doesn't even exist in broadcasting. But here's my question to you. Why is it we don't ask our clients, our customers, what they like, what they don't like, and what they want to see more of? You're so right. And that goes back to actually, you know, the aspect of ASK, ASK, ask. If people don't ask, Dr. Pat, how do you know? As a father, I ask my kids. 
how am I doing as a dad? Dr. Pat, I will not tell you what they said. So you'll sort of that advice. However, <laughs> moving forward, small businesses, merchants, you know, where you're at and, and nationally, if they just ask, how can we serve you better? What can we do to make sure there's a better experience? How can we ensure that when you come into our, our store and are buying, that the purchase process is smooth for merchants who are thinking of that aspect? So I think there's a number of things people could do. You're right. Just to simply ask, how can we serve you better? And if you ask, most of your customers are going to give you a boatload of information how, they, how you can serve them better. All you have to do is ask that question. Absolutely. Yeah, here's what I want to say, and thank you so much, first of all, for your time, because I know you're talking to a ton of people. Um, I want to ask you this question. Let's talk about assessing finances. I mean, even if you say that, most of the people that can are having hot flashes right now, like when I just said that, like we're having like a major, like break, change the shirt sweat. But this doesn't mean that you assess them in the dreary but we need to get creative. So let's say, for example, you got a bunch of debt. How about consolidating it? How about looking for some kind of financing to expand? Now, from you, I want to ask you, tell us what this means to you, assessing. I, yeah, no, I love it for sure. Going back to, if I may, just dovetail up what you said, the aspect of debt and financing. This is an important area for small businesses. So for the merchants listening, what are the things that you can do if you're in debt, if you need more financing? What are solutions you have? And again, since you mentioned it, American Express has a lot of solutions for merchants to do that as well. Another thing you can do, going back to your finances, is what are things you can do that maybe you should stop selling, Dr. Pat? This is something that small businesses think we have to sell everything under the sun. Guess what? You shouldn't, because if you're selling things that you're losing money on, you may need to uh, readjust how you're doing it. And these are things that put small businesses in the hole day in and day out. Often they don't have the time. Often they're busy. But during the summer, these are times where other things will slow down. You can take the time to recharge, as we're talking about, to do better in your business and get smarter at it, especially financially. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, listen, you and I both know we get passionate about things that excite us, things that absolutely want to make a difference. Let us talk about, in the minute or so we've got left, summer. How do we get summer to be hot, 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 fired up, the best summer we've ever had, profit margins beyond our belief, making it happen, Ramon? I'm going to replay that in fact, my wake-up routine. So, <laughs> one, uh, definitely uh, your marketing. That's a big, big deal. Yeah. Many small businesses don't take the time to focus on how they can do marketing better. We can go on longer if you want on marketing. Another yeah, do it. Okay, so another thing to think about is your existing customers. Man, I can't say that enough, Dr. Pat, is that you have customers who've already voted for you, as it were, with their dollars. What yeah. can you do to earn their vote again and again and again? And remember, especially for the merchants that may be saying, you know what, hey, listen, I'm not paying my customers a lot of my employees a lot of money. You can still do things to incentivize them to have a warm smile because I'm telling you, if you're focused on your employees, your employees are going to focus on your customers and your customers are going to drive more revenue in your business. I got to tell you. This is an award-winning team. These guys here would never tell you that. Carter, Jessica, Linda, Kim, Rob, none of them would tell you. Our sales team, they would never say, oh, my God, we want an award for best team. As a matter of fact, when I went and picked up the award in New York, I brought it back. I said, oh, Jessica, look, she walked right by it. She said, oh, very nice. There's nothing more powerful than to have a team of people that not only understand your mission, 
but that want to do good things in the world. I want to ask you this question, Ramon. I know it's probably my last. In your experience all over the world, speaking, working for a president of the United States, writing best-selling books, what is it about businesses that don't get that? Yeah, I think I find that those who are self-centered and think they can do it all by themselves, those are the ones that are either failing or quickly on their way to failing. But those who realize it's about T-E-A-M or my team, it's about acknowledging them, those are the ones, Dr. Patton, you just illustrated here, who are successful because we can't do it alone. And I would say team is your employees or even the vendors you're working with. But team is so important because, listen, we can't do it alone. I'm an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur. And that family and ecosystem is so vitally important to business owners for sure. Wow. Thank you. I know you've got to pop off. For a question, how do people find out more? Uh, I've already told people to go take a look at the Facebook Guide to Small Business Marketing because I'm all over that. Uh, uh, yeah, myth number one that we learned is we were told never to market to our Facebook people. Then I read your book. But what well, is I your message? I'm just crazy what we, what we tell ourselves. What do you want to leave us with? What do you want to tell us about that there's a couple things people take away. What's a takeaway, Ramon? Sure. One, go to opblue.com, optblue.com, but people want more information on some of the things we talked about. Point two, treat your employees fair and properly, and they will go to great lengths for you. And three, for those of you who are a little afraid and scared of your finances, dive into it and get help. Those are a few things I can say to make sure the summertime is much better for all small businesses. I love it. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking out a powerful message. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Pat. And let's everybody remember one thing. This is a time for absolute success, profitability, and doing good things in the world. We'll be right back. To see your life from an angel's perspective, book a personal consultation with Claire Candy Hoff, angelic walk-in angel Ariel at Angel Healing House. Candy provides intuitive counseling, Reiki, and angel readings in person in Los Angeles or nationally and internationally via phone or Skype. She will channel the practical tools you need to transform your life. Call now, 831-277-3716 or visit angelhealinghouse.com. Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. Defining success and putting minds to work. With the Higher Learners Career and Leadership Series, Rudy Racine will help you craft your personal definition of success, offering support and guidance as you move forward towards your goals. Take the leap. With the right mix of focus and motivation, anything can be achieved. Tune in every first and third Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 Eastern. And for more information on Rudy Racine and Higher Learners, visit Rudy's site at higherlearners.com. That's H-I-R-E learners.com. The knowledge book currently studied in 39 countries and 15 languages around the world accelerates our evolution, takes us out of depression, offers universal truth, protects us, and makes us stronger, both spiritually and physically. So if you are interested in the knowledge book, 
visit usa.theknowledgebook.net and tune in to The Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. Okay, everybody, welcome to our good news segment. And I'm so, you know, I love these good news segments. I'm so excited since we started them. Hunter Ham is joining me here today. Well, why? Winner of an amazing competition. Are you ready for it? Who has the stinkiest sneakers in the land? Now, if you play table tennis with me, I bet you my friends might want to debate this. Also joining us here today is Dr. Rachel Hurst, neuroscience leading world expert on the psychology science of smell. Thank you both for joining us here today. Uh, let me start out with you, Dr. Hurst. Uh, again, we are here to honor Hunter. I want to get a sense from you before we talk with Hunter directly. I want to get a sense from you of what is it we are working with in today's environment, in today's world, with smell? And the reason I'm interested in this is in, in finding out from you whether or not our senses are being dulled by so many different smells we're being bombarded with every day. Or did I just make that up in my mind? Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you, Dr. Pat. It's great to be on. So first of all, you are not right in saying that we're being dulled. We're just able to smell so much more. So all the different smells that are out there, we can smell them all extremely well. The only thing that can interfere with our sense of smell is if we're smelling one particular smell for a long time. We actually don't, uh, we lose our sensitivity to that specific smell. But other smells we can smell just as well. So having thousands of smells around us is just as good for our nose as having only a few. And the good thing is if we have a lot of variety in what we're sniffing, then we can sniff everything we want. And unfortunately for me, that meant I could smell Hunter's stinky sneakers extremely well. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know, it's really interesting. What I'm really struck by is the, the contrasts of things. We, we very much relate to the smell of something that taps into our emotional. So for me, I grew up in an Italian family, right? And I want to say one of the most delicious smells for me is that roasted garlic going on to a delicious pizza top. The other hand, we also know about smells from Hunter. Hunter, uh, t- congratulations. And how does this feel to you to be the super winner? Um, well, it means a lot to me. Did you think you were going to win? Yeah, kind of. (laughs) How did you get the reputation of having the stinkiest sneakers in the land? What what did you, what do you have to do to get that? Well, you have to, uh, you have to like get them, you have to get them stinky and like you need to like mostly you need to be active. If you just, like, say, I, like, crack some eggs over it and put some spoiled milk over it, it's not really, like, they want you, like, they want, they really want you to, like, 
they want it to be natural, like you not yeah. doing really that much stuff to it. Yeah, like you're putting on your sneakers and then you're going out and you're playing around or you're going out and maybe you're going fishing, but you got them sneakers on, right? You know, there's nothing worse than about 10 days of fish smell on those sneakers, is there? Well, I don't, I don't know. I <laughs> nothing worse. <laughs> I, I agree. There's uh, Take it from somebody like me and, and you, doctor, like, I mean, my gosh, you ever go, you ever, you ever take the family fishing and then the, everything goes in the car, right? But what is it, doctor, that you discovered about Hunter Sneakers that set him apart for the numero uno prize? So what I like to look for is what I call the trifecta of terrible. And Hunter had it all. He had that kid spirits, funky, sweaty smell in his sneakers. He had also what you've just mentioned, and for me, a smell that I find particularly repulsive, which is a rotted fish smell, because Hunter did a lot of fishing and had even had fish eggs in his shoes. And then there's a lot of this dirt and rotted other stuff, maybe a little poop here and there. So, you know, he had it all going for him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, Hunter, from you, you were just being you, right? You're just you were just out there being a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Hunter, did you ever think about whether or not, okay, I'm going, I'm I'm getting out there, I'm being me, I'm outside. Did you ever think for one minute that this would be an award you would get from them sneakers? Well, no, probably no, not really. I don't really ever think that. I know. I got to ask you a question. Are these like your favorite sneakers? Because I have a favorite pair of sneakers, and everybody around me wants to throw wants me to throw them out, and I'm just not ready to do that. Well, they were very good, but I stopped wearing them because they had a lot of mud on them for a while. But then I uh, hosed them off, and then I dried them out, and then and I started wearing them again. Yeah, that's me. Exactly. Um, I want to get back to you, Dr. Hertz, for a minute. You know, we're talking about this because in addition to talking about sensation and perception, which is so important, and I know your research on that is outstanding, we're also talking about a solution for this. Hence, our friends at Odor Eaters. And for those of you out there, www.odor-eaters.com. Um, this is really a campaign to say, can we do anything about it? And if so, what is it we can do? So Odor Eaters has a great set of products to help deodorize feet, and specifically that is take the odor out of all the smelly sneakers that are out there, whether it's kids or adults, and there's foot sprays that you can use to help minimize sweat. There's things you can put in your shoes to help neutralize the odors. There's powders you can put on that also help not only with regular sweat, but if you have any foot-related conditions, it can help with that too. So anything to help foot care and smell care from the ankle down, odor eaters can help with. Yeah. I mean, this is really kind of today, you know, when we get to choose, do I want to smell really cool, delicious things? Or do I really want to know that, you know, both Hunter and Dr. Pat just put their sneakers in an open bag in my car? Right. So this is, a, I mean, our, our issue with smell is often other people's smells more than our own smells. <laughs> One of the things is we often, you know, actually like our own smells, and we're also usually fairly adapted to them because we smell it so often we really can't smell it. 
But other people can smell our smells, and we often don't want to create a bad impression with that, so we like to be able to smell nice. And that's one of the things that we can do with products like odor eaters to help our feet smell prettier. Yeah, I, I, let's stop for a moment, and I want to make sure, because I know the this, this short time we spend together, like, zips right by. Um, what is the best way for people to find out more, and how can all of us stinky sneaker people celebrate Hunter? <laughs> well, you can go to odoreaders.com and also my website, rachelhurst.com, and I'm sure you can just Google this Odor Eaters Rotten Sneakers contest and find out more about it. I think we're going to be on YouTube as well as mm-hmm. a bunch of different shows over the next couple of hours. So you'll be able to see more about Hunter and everything that he did to get his sneakers horribly stinky that way. Okay, so my friends are saying that, you know, maybe next year they're going to just be sending my sneakers in. But you know what? I'm sorry. I'm not giving them up. Okay, I want to ask you this question. Tell us about the contest. How many people were involved in it? And how did you narrow it down? And uh, did you use your sniffer to do this? So this year we actually had somewhat fewer contestants than usual. So there were only six, which I have to say, thank goodness there were only six. (laughs) And yes. Unfortunately, my nose is what does the judging. I have to smell, put my nose inside each of those stinky sneakers and decide which was the worst, but also in addition to the worst smell, because there were, I would have to say, more than just Hunter had really stinky feet. But we're also looking at how horrible the shoes look. And as Hunter mentioned, his were really dirty and grimy and more or less falling apart, and that helped him be the winner this year. Oh, man. Hunter, let me ask you this question. Uh, I know that you're going to be celebrating this. This is a big competition for you, and congratulations on it. Here's my question uh, that I got to get out of here. What has your family said about them sneakers? My brother is, well, he and me, we like pretty much put the same things on our shoes and we both thought they, were, they both smelled bad. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, how, how about your family? I mean, are they like, oh, my gosh, congratulations for winning, because now we know that in our own minds, we were right about them sneakers. Yeah. Well, when, when, I, went up to, when I went up to them, they, I'm like, Congra- they congratulated me. And, yeah. Burning question for you guys. Last question. Hunter, are you still going to wear them sneakers? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, guys. Thank you both for joining me here today. I know you got to zip off to another interview. We're going to be talking about this more. Thank you both. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Pat. Awesome. Who has the stinkiest sneakers in the land? Hunter Ham does. We'll be right back. Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on the Tracy L Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. At 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at tracyoclark.com. Let it go radio. The future awaits you. 
Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Barbara Scheidegger explores the way to clarity, peace, and how to live a successful life on your terms by turning negative experiences into positive ones. Barbara's curiosity about the human experience drives her both personally and professionally. As a life coach, author, and renowned clinical hypnotherapist, Barbara knows how to move forward in a natural, organic way without side effects. If you want to grow, be sure to tune in to Let It Go Radio. To learn more, visit LetItGoHypnosis.com. Love Living Radio Ignite Your Whole Being with Emily Perkins is a show for those looking to explore the sparkling magnificence of their inner selves. Tune in every second and fourth Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific as Emily sheds a radiant light of love on the beauty and power that resides within you. Discussing love in all its forms through conversations that provoke awareness, curiosity, and expansion, Emily shares the unlimited power of love. For more information or to listen to this show, visit lovelivingholistics.com. Are you ready to make deep, lasting, transformative changes? Then tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio for Susanna Jameson's hit show, Love Light Sound Radio. During her show, Susanna inspires and supports spiritually and health-conscious individuals all over the world to reconnect with their hearts, their inner peace, and balance. Love Light Sound Radio. Transformation happens here now. For more information, visit SusannaJameson.com. Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about Living Lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is our good news segment. And you know what? I am telling you that what we're about to talk about is so important that myself, my experience growing up in New Jersey and not really understanding what it is about flood insurance that everybody should know about. You know, you think maybe you've got everything covered. You think maybe that the realtor and everybody around you is telling you what you need to know. Well, guess what? David Merstad is joining us here today, Assistant Administrator for the Federal Insurance, uh, for Federal Insurance at the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Guess what? Better known as FEMA. David, thank you for joining me here today. You know, I went through an experience. I can remember this when I was buying my house in New Jersey. And we don't even know what we don't know about this. We think we're covered. And yet there's now new insurance policies that we need to look at. You know, why is this now, this conversation so important in the light of so many national disasters that are happening? Well, it's so important because the number one natural disaster year after year is is flooding. And yeah. there are a lot of perceptions that have built, been uh, developed over uh, over the years. And one of those is that uh, that uh, people believe that their homeowner or business policy covers them for from for a flooding event. And that's uh, just generally not the case. 
And so it's real important, and we need to do a much better job of making sure that everybody understands they've got to ask the right questions when they talk to their insurance agent and their insurance company to make sure that they have the right amount of insurance and the right kind of insurance uh, when, they, when they need it. And that has to be done before events happen, not after events happen. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're looking here in the state of Washington you know, we're looking at various forms of things that may happen as a result of whether it, whether you're talking about, you know, a disaster like fire or you're talking about uh, just general flooding. And then there are the mudslides um, that we're watching here, entire cliffs, you know, just falling off into the sound. Um, I, I want to ask you a little bit about this. What is the relationship between floods and fire? Well, it, it seems counterintuitive, but they go yeah. they go hand in hand. Uh, they're, they're certainly uh, the train that's left behind after a, a, a wildfire. I don't need to tell uh, mm-hmm. your listeners uh, is charred, uh, barren. Uh, there's no vegetation that's unable to absorb water, and it really creates the the, the right uh, mixture for flash flooding and mud flow. If you get a, uh, a, a rainfall. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's real important. And, and the, the other important thing is those conditions can, can stay in place for five or six years. And so it's not something that, that just goes, goes away overnight. And so it's just a good time to stop and reflect and make sure that you have that conversation with your insurance agent or insurance company and make sure that you have a flood insurance policy that's going to provide you with the necessary financial protection from a flash flood or a mud flow that that occurs. Mm -hmm. I think one of the questions that I I was curious about, you know, many of us, we get these notices, let's say we've had insurance for years and years, and then we get this insurance notice and we don't read it. And we don't read that maybe something in the policy has changed. Uh, And, you know, folks may not know that when you get a notice from your insurance company, you really do need to read it. And if you don't read it, you need to pick up the phone and call somebody, right? Absolutely. Before uh, before I got involved in, in government and my current responsibilities overseeing the flood program, I was an agent for over mm-hmm. 25 years. And it's, it's real important uh, when you get those automatic uh, mailers. The first thing that I do and I suggest to my family and friends is uh, you, you just make the call. Uh, and, and you have that uh, uh, review of your policy and, and be equipped and have the right questions to, to ask. You know, what, mm-hmm. what do my policies covered? Specifically, if I'm in your area, I'm going to say, am I covered for earthquake? More yeah. than likely, the answer uh, for your homeowner policy is no. Am I covered for flood? More than likely, your answer is, is no. And then I would follow up with, what do I need to do? What information do you need from me to make sure that I have the right coverage? Because many times people are surprised that it's not as expensive as what they think it might be, especially if you're um, outside the high-risk area in the low to moderate-risk area, where, quite frankly, 20% of our losses are every year. It, it's, you know, for a couple of dollars a day, you can get the protection that that uh, you need uh, for the life that, that you've built. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this question. Uh, many people have heard the term FEMA. They know it's an organization. They hear it on the news. And yet very few people know what your mission is and what you're called to do. Give us a sense now of what your role is in this day and age and has it changed? 
Well, our role is to uh, work with uh, local governments and states uh, to uh, help with emergency management. But it, it really can succinctly be put in our mission is to help people before, during, and after disasters. We coordinate that effort on behalf of the federal government, uh, and, and we're, we're committed to making sure that before an event, during event, and after event, the federal government is there to assist local government, assist neighborhoods and individuals and communities uh, get back on the road to recovery. Mm. You know, you've been doing these shows. You've been educating the public about why this is important and what we should be mindful about. You know, what do you think are some of the questions that people should ask their insurance companies? What do you think that they, as they hear this today, they're gonna wanna know, well, I think I'm doing a good job, but really, what should people ask? Well, uh, people need to have the, the, the right kind of conversations, uh, you know, specifically with, with uh, as it pertains to, to flood insurance, uh, does my homeowner insurance cover flood? I, you know, and as I said earlier, I think the answer will be no. And so then what flood zone do I live in? Uh, what's my property's flood risk? Uh, ask the agent what will be covered, won't be covered. Uh, what, how does, uh, if I have a basement, how, how does that, uh, that affect? Uh, need to understand that you have to buy a policy unlike your homeowner policy. You have to buy a separate policy for your building and another one for your contents. How much insurance should I, should I buy? Uh, when will that policy go into effect? Because with a flood policy, there's generally a 30-day 30 30-day 30 waiting period. So uh, same same types of questions that you ask about uh, uh, any kind of insurance are the same type of questions that you want to ask when it comes to flood insurance. But, Dr. Pat, more importantly, what we get people need to move people to is to have the insurance. Time and time again, we go to events and far, far too many people are without flood insurance, don't have the means to get back on the road to recovery, have only despair and unhappiness, uh, dip into savings, have to take out another loan, um, all the things that can, can be helped by having the necessary insurance place in place. So we really need to change the culture associated with the purchase of natural disaster insurance, whether it be earthquake insurance or flood insurance. And the most important thing is, listen, folks, it's, it very well can happen to you. It's mm-hmm. the number one disaster every year. 98% of the counties in our country have had a flooding event. So take the right steps, do the right thing, buy a flood insurance policy. And, you know, let, before we, uh, before the segment ends, how can people find out more information? Because I think it's super important if folks are listening to this, they're going to want to find out more. What's the best place for people to go? Well, when it comes to uh, the flood insurance, I, I direct people to our, our newly redesigned uh, floodsmart.gov. That's, one, the, you know, flood and smart, one word, floodsmart.gov. Uh, for information about uh, FEMA and, and our mission and how um, uh, our FEMA perspective is for federally supported, state-mandated, locally executed emergency management, they can go to our uh, FEMA.gov website, or they can download uh, the FEMA app from either Apple or Android, uh, download the FEMA app, and, and those three sources will give them a wealth of information on how to, how to be better prepared uh, steps to take, questions to ask, 
and how they can uh, turn their family, their business, their neighborhood, their community into a more resilient, more resilient entity. Yeah, you know, the other thing is you have a great uh, infographic on the website, uh, Flood After Fire, and a picture is worth a thousand words. And that accompanied by the fact sheet that you guys have put together is, I think it's the one-two punch to protect ourselves, really. So thank you so much for all of that. One last question. What's your personal well, message? First of all, we appreciate the feedback because, you know, you're certainly right in that how we can yeah. take this information and make it as easy to understand is critical to our being able to yeah. meet our mission going forward. Yeah, well, we're actually going to put the infographic with a link back to your site uh, on our website with your permission and just get people to just go here and look. Because once they see this diagram that you all have put together, they will understand that there is an impact that they may not know about. And we want to make sure they know about it before it actually happens to them. Thank you so much. Well, Personal great. message, what would you like to leave Thank us you. with today? Well, what I, I want to leave you with today is, is uh, don't wait. Uh, if you don't have a flood insurance policy, uh, take action now. Uh, make the call. Get with your agent, your insurance company, and uh, buy buy the financial protection that you that you need uh, going into this spring uh, spring season. I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We're going to take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.